Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Lots of pre-owned inventory. A great service department that is there for you to get it done for your current vehicle. Whether that is inspections, diagnostics, whatever the case may be, and a sales staff that's not just there for the sale, but to make sure that you get the right car at the right fit at the right price. And that's why customers keep coming back again and again. And that's all at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We are going to get into the Kentucky Derby today, quietly coming up on Saturday. And our own Dick Girardi, of course, good friend of Steve's, basketball broadcast partner, Philly Inquirer, is going to be back there at Churchill Downs. So we'll get the full preview from him coming up a little bit later on today. So looking forward to that. Now we go to the NBA and the, and the Sixers again last night. Now down officially 2-0 to the Heat as we now await to see if Joel Embiid will be ready to go for Game 3. It's hard for me to say that it's over, but I, I if Joel Embiid can't play in Game 3 tomorrow night, then it, it's, it's done. Because the Sixers cannot beat this team without Joel Embiid. And once again, it was proved last night. And again, they're in it, they're fighting, but it was almost a repeat of what happened in Game 1 on Monday night. Horrible from the three-point line. They were 4 of 24 for Game 1, 6 of 26 for... I'm sorry, 8 of 30 for Game 2. Still horrendous. That's 26 and a half percent. And, of course, James Harden, maybe slightly better. He was good in the second quarter. He did have 20 points, but he was still 6 of 15 shooting. 1 of 5 from beyond the arc, and tons of turnovers again. And just, he doesn't play smart basketball. Uh, That's, I think that's pretty obvious now at this point. He just had bad turnovers at the wrong time. There was a lot of bad execution again at the wrong time. And 
there wasn't one other scorer besides though in this in this case it was Tyrese Maxey but in terms of Tobias Harris what he did in game one he was okay yesterday but wasn't as good as he was in game one still finished with 21 but he was 9 of 17 shooting Tyrese Maxey finally kind of became the second person as a go-to guy for a score as he's capable of doing and I said yesterday he would be the key for the Sixers last night well he was great in the second half finished with 34 points a lot of it came in the second half but the Sixers need people like that for four quarters especially when there's no Joel Embiid points in the paint they won that battle but again the second chance opportunities again hurt the Sixers last night but this Miami team is a really good shooting team so when you're down to well and being and you're and you're playing a team as good as Miami you already have very little room for error and that's just kind of how it's been really the first two games of this series it was worse Monday night in game one than it was last night but if Joel Embiid is not in for game three or if he and or he can't play significant minutes in game three this is this is done and even so this is already a tall task to begin with but with Joel Embiid in there you would think at times last night and at times in game one maybe you thought the Sixers could get on a bigger runs bigger runs than what they did in those two games to try and stay in it and maybe it's a different outcome I don't know for sure but it's at least worth thinking so if the Sixers are going to try to tie the series up and win both home games they need Joel Embiid at full strength if they're going to win this series and if if he doesn't play does, tomorrow does it's done does Brewers outlet have cheese you know what they should but they don't because I mean I don't know what's worse listening to you or watching the Suits portfolio go down the drain today F-O-U-L-E-D that spells foul So it's a must-win on Friday, even though if the Sixers lose, they have to play another game. I mean, e- either way it is, but did, did I, I, I can, miss Did I miss something here? I could, I could already tell you the outcome if Joel Embiid can't play Friday night. Well, you know, they're not shooting the ball well at all. And, oh, it's just awful. But you have to remember... Some of these guys are taking shots, more shots than they normally would. That doesn't help. You've got one of your better outside shooters as well as your inside presence not playing at all. And some of these shots that miss sometimes are put back by him. There's a real domino effect to this. Uh, and, you know, and I mean, and your guy, Harden, is, you know. He, he just plays stupid basketball. That's the, that's the only best of my only explanation I'm, for it. I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking about the day before the trade. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I know, I know. I I didn't say they shouldn't make the trade. I'm glad they did make the trade. Making the trade was the right thing to do. But what did I caution against? That it was not going to be the trade that puts you over the top. 
And, of course, I was labeled as evil, awful, you know, <laughs> that I should be in the seventh circle of hell. I mean, I understand. You know, I've never seen any basketball before. I know. You know I realize. And, and Ben Simmons is going to undergo back surgery now. Does that change your opinion at all? Oh, my almighty! I mean, yeah, I, I still would have done the trade. Opinion? I'm just saying I don't want to see no, no, him in a no, Sixers no, uniform no, next no, no, year. No, 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 I don't, I don't mean trading him. No, no, that's not what I'm at. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is, does it change any opinion you have about him not playing, especially in the playoffs, because now he does need back surgery? It only verifies it. It doesn't matter, because there's always an excuse with him. Physically, okay, mentally, no, whatever asking. the case is, it just verifies it for me. I was in a, the minute I saw that, I laughed because it's just another thing to add to the list. But he's the Nets' problem now, no longer ours. To be honest with you, it was never my problem. <laughs> I just was asking, I, you know. So, did uh, by the way, Draymond Green got fined twenty five thousand dollars for flipping off the Memphis fans. Okay, so let me ask you: Did you happen to see at all on ESPN at first take? And look, I don't watch the show, so anytime I make a reference to it, it's because somebody, you know, because something happened and it, I went and played it back. Of Christopher Russo and J.J. Redick. Did you see this at all? I've heard of some things that they've done lately, but I can't say I've watched it because I would like to keep my brain cells. Again. (laughs) I just think of those two little blonde-haired youngsters. You know? They're going to talk like that in grade school. Hey, stupid, get him out of here. <laughs> Luke, you're, you're five. <laughs> What's going on here? Ben Simmons, I hate him. Mark, you're three. What's going on here? Okay. All right. So, um, The exchange went like this. It was about Draymond Green. Now, I'll say this. Um, Russo, who, by by the way, has done radio for as long as I have, and I I think to his credit has done great work over the years. And they're talking about Draymond Green. And one of your favorite players. You're a big Draymond fan, right? Oh, yeah. See, it's good. That's the first step to recovery is admitting it. <laughs> and, of course, Green has a tendency to talk. Now, remember, Green also talks in that he's in press conferences all the time. So he's asked a lot of questions. So he does talk a lot. But he's also in press conferences. So J.J. Redick was a guest on First Take. He took exception to Russo's admonishment of Green by pointing out that what Russo said was, he says, just shut up and play, about what he said. 
Now, he doesn't have to shut up and play. He doesn't have to shut up. Right? That's where I think Russo is wrong. All right? But the other parts that Russo's talking about, he's not wrong about. He's talking about the older fan, about Willis Reed, about Will Chamberlain, Clyde Frazier. He says, you know, these, some of these fans go back to 1965. And the, here's where Reddick makes his biggest mistake. When he about when he's talking about the older generation of fans that don't like it. JJ, one of the reasons you have had the life and career that you have is because the older fans kept going to games, watching games, right, when the league was trying to fight for relevance. Okay. Hey, you need to appreciate the older fan because they set up this generation of players and younger fans. If the older fan looked around and said, this is a bunch of BS, I don't want to watch it, guess what? The NBA would have folded. Okay? But the older fan helped set a foundation for so many great younger fans being there. And it, and he, and also by, like, you know, hey, he kind of blows off Reed and Wilt and Frazier and those guys. J.J., you had your career because those guys played. Remember, John Havlicek, when he was playing for the Celtics for a portion of his career, had to have an off-season job to make sure he could balance his home books because he wasn't making enough playing in the NBA. He's not like, you know, so have some appreciation for the older generation, J.J., while Christopher Russo needs to have appreciation for the younger generation. So let's point out where I think J.J. Redick is right. He talked about John Morant. He says, he says he plays the game with complete joy. You watch Morant. He's absolutely right. And how many times have you heard me say on this show, look, don't stop legislating fun. Stop legislating fun. Every time I see there's an unsportsman, like, I mean, college football is the worst. I, where, you know, unsportsman like conduct, just stop legislating fun. Taunting crosses the line. You're not taunting somebody and you're just into what's going on. Let them play, let them have fun. It's okay. Okay. And in terms of Draymond Green, he has a podcast that I think has, what, 50,000 followers on it? Now, 50,000 is a big number, but, of course, it's a country of 335 million, and it's a world of 8 billion, so 50,000 is kind of a relative number, okay? But those people want to hear what he has to say. That's fine. He's in a press conference. People want to hear what he has to say. Reporters ask him questions because they want to hear what he has to say. I think Green is... I think at one point I think he mentioned he's a Hall of Famer. No, not really. Uh, I mean, the long list of players I've seen in my lifetime that are better than Draymond Green is long. Yeah, this is not even close. But, but, here's what you can't... Draymond Green is a really good passer. Draymond Green's a good shooter. He is a good rebounder. And you know what? Draymond Green plays hard every game. Anybody who buys a ticket to watch Draymond Green play... You're not going to feel like you got ripped off on effort, right? I mean, he he is effort. He's now does he let his emotions get? 
does does his emotions fuel his effort? Yes. Does he sometimes let his emotions get the best of him? Yes. Not perfect. But I think he's really good for the game. And I think he's great for young fans. And so JJ's not completely wrong, but Russo's not completely wrong either. They're both right. They're both right. And I think they both made each one of them made a mistake in their argument. Hey, Russo, shut up and play. Nah, he doesn't have to shut up. He's got a lot of people want to know what he thinks to say. I don't I'm not one of them. I could care less what he thinks. And it's not like I've never been around him in my life. I have. And I don't, you know, I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't, you know, I don't care what he thinks. Right? But there are people that do. And that's fine. That's well within their right. And Reddick makes, you know, and when Reddick kind of blows off the older fan and kind of blows off the older generation player, he's wrong there too. And you can't do that. Everything sets a foundation for the next group to come along. And you have to have an appreciation of that. You have to have an appreciation of the guys that played before you. And an appreciation of the fans that sat in those seats before the group of fans were there now because they kept the popularity of the game going so people would want to keep watching and make it popular. Right? And the older fan does have to... You know, let, let, let the kids have fun. Let them have fun. Let them play. Let them show emotion. It's okay. That's I mean that's how I look at it. By the way, circling back to what spearheaded this whole thing, Woj just reported Dylan Brooks is suspended for game three after the foul on Gary Payton in the second. But he should be. I mean he ended up breaking his arm. Yeah. He should be suspended more more than that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean yeah, that was a brutal play. See, Green got thrown out of game one, and to me should not have been. I thought I thought the throwing Green out of game one was wrong. And the reason I thought it was wrong is if you watch him, he makes the foul and he's trying to catch him, trying to trying to you know deflect his fall if he could. Yeah, I mean. It, so both of them made really good points. Both of them made a couple of mistakes. There's only one person I've ever been around in these sports arguments that knows he was perfect all the way through the argument, and he just got back from Myrtle Beach. S-U-I-T, that spells suit-da! On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. 
Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a great service department that takes care of everything. Routine, inspections, diagnostics, whatever it may be. Easy to difficult, they've got it. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online. And SunburyMotors.com. In a moment, we'll go to Churchill Downs and talk with Dick Girardi. I just want to make sure that you're okay. I'm good. I mean, these opening segments, I mean, you have, I mean, this is like a year and a half trend <laughs> where it's just one depressing note after another. I'm okay. I, I had a feeling they were probably going to go down too well last night, so it's okay. It's a lot of doom and gloom. <laughs> My goodness. I feel like I'm talking to somebody working on Wall Street. Oh, wait, that's a different story. Uh, we'll let on the Mark Handle that. Sue put all of his money into copper. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells FALDA! <laughs> Is he actually at work today? He's the only guy who comes back from vacation and goes to a Phillies game. No, he is here today. Oh, really? Yes, he is. Uh, did, did they have to give him a tour to get reacquainted with the place, or what? That I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. All right. So let's go down to Churchill Downs now. This is the part where the suit's going to want to pay attention. This is the Kentucky Derby. Uh, this is an opportunity, if you hit it just right, to pay for Luke's tuition. Huh? Now you want to listen, don't you? Oh, my almighty! Mark will have to wait until the Preakness. All right. <laughs> if you hit both right. Dick Girardi joins us. DJ, always great. Thank you, Steve. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. That's what I like to hear. Yes. Sounds like you're doing well. Yeah, um, I'm on a line to get on a bus to take me to the track. Uh, and the line, how should we describe this? Like, imagine an inauguration. Yeah. <laughs> does, it, does that explain? Does yes, that it does. It does. And this is only Thursday, so, yeah, who knows what it's going to look like tomorrow. We'll, we'll come up with alternative methods of parking tomorrow. You better. always do. It's actually moving fairly quickly now, so it's not terrible. I mean, after, what, 18, 19 years together, I, I, you always do. Yeah, fine, we find a way. <laughs> uh, what's it like for you to be back at the Derby? It's, it's, it's fun, Steve. I mean, it's been five years. You know, I went 31 years in a row for the Daily News. It was awesome. You know, I stopped full-time at the paper. I stopped coming uh, because they were paying for it, and now they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and, and look, I, I, to go 31 years in a row, 33 overall, this is actually number 34, uh, it, it was very cool, but I, I'd done it. It was fine. Uh, yeah, 25 Final Fours, that was fine. I'd done that. But I thought, you know, I got some friends that I haven't seen in a while, and I had another friend that wanted to come uh, this year, some kind of a chaperone, showing the derby ropes and everything. So, yeah, it's fun. It brings back a lot of good memories. All right. Uh, Bob Baffert has great memories of the Kentucky Derby. He does. Uh, <laughs> better than than anybody else, really. But he's not he's not allowed to be there. But is there an influence of Baffert still over this race coming up Saturday? So we have two horses that he was training until his 90-day suspension started well, know, five, six weeks ago, uh, Taba and Messier. So from that standpoint, sure, he's got an influence, and, and he's missed. I mean, look, I went by his barn yesterday, barn 33, where he always is for the Derby. Now, he's regularly, as you know, uh, out of Santa Anita, but brings a whole bunch of horses every year to Kentucky for the Derby. And to to see it, it was Steve, it was like a ghost town. Yeah. All the all the plaques are down. Uh, there were no horses there. Usually there's half a hundred people there waiting to talk to Baffert. And you know, it was somebody it was like the only thing I didn't see was the tumbleweed. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was it was really weird. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, he's he's a hundred percent missed. I apologize for the background noise, but I, like I said, I'm standing on a line getting on a bus. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, he's he is the Derby. He's the biggest name in the sport. Um, it's really unfortunate how this played out. I know you and I have had the conversation. Everybody thinks he's Lance Armstrong. He's not. Uh, and I just think the sport's done a bad job of explaining what actually happened. Um, and, and it was a Regina Spirit tested positive for an anti-inflammatory, not a performance enhancer. But you know, the rules are the rules. I get why the mm-hmm. horse is disqualified. I think right. that's fine. Sure. Don't don't make him persona non grata like he's the worst person in the history of the world. He's not. It's just wrong. Uh, there are people in this sport that have done hideous things with performance today. There's one guy's in jail for five years, and that's where he should be. But that's not that's not Baffert. Uh, but unfortunately, the public doesn't. You know, they can't. They don't know the difference. Right. So that's what we're dealing with. But anyway, yeah, he's not here, and he is definitely missed. Well, Messier is certainly a horse that could be considered in the thick of this. Johnny V is going to be aboard. Johnny Velasquez uh, will be aboard this horse uh, and uh, won the Lewis Stakes uh, and then ran second in the Santa Anita Derby. What's your thoughts on that horse? It's a legitimate chance because, I, look, the last two derbies have been won the same way by the same rider. Uh, John Velasquez loosened the lead on authentic and then the spirit for Baffert. And I think you can make a case Messi is the fastest horse in the race early. Now, is that going to be enough to get him home? Don't know. Will he get it clearly? Don't know. But I can tell you that's how Johnny B is going to ride. He's going to try to get out there by himself and see if he can take this thing wire to wire. And last time, Messier was chasing another really fast horse, a horse he ran out completely out of the race, but it kind of inhibited his finish. And then, of course, he was beaten by a stablemate, uh, Tava, uh, who's now both horses are now trained by Tim Yaxi, who used to be way back when a Baffert assistant. Right. Has never been at this level of the game. Uh, but I think you can fairly say, look, they've been prepared by Baffert to get to the Derby, and now Tim has had the horses himself for uh, five, six weeks, so they're not losing conditioning. I don't think there's any magic wand Baffer was going to wave. He's going to make them any better. 
at this late stage. They're already either they're fit or they're not fit. They're fast enough or they're not. Well, Tabe is only making, I think, overall his third career start. That is correct. Uh, I mean, that's it. Uh, Mike Smith's aboard. Uh, what kind of read do you have on a horse that has that little experience in front of everybody? Yeah, so he's a little like Justify four years ago, except Justify had three starts. Right. Um, all, for Baffert again, uh, Mike Smith again. It's interesting, Steve. The owner of Tabe is the same guy that owned Medina Spirit, and he's very frustrated, obviously. His horse has been disqualified from Derby, loses all that money, and then the poor horse dies. It's just like a total nightmare. So he really wanted to get back to the Derby. He was told, don't run Tabe in the sand in the Derby. Everybody around the horse said, look, he's not ready. You're asking too much for a second start. And then he went and blew the field away. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he was going to come here, and he's earned his way here. I mean, he got he's in on the points. He ran fast. He's got the speed figures. It's just the two races. That's the issue. I think the deal there, Steve, it's like I know you and I have talked about it. I mean, it's not a twenty horse field. He's been running against five horse fields. Yeah. Well, if you're fast enough, you're not in a twenty horse field. Right. You you get ahead of eighteen of the horses or seventeen of the horses, so they're all behind you. So I do think he's a contender. But he's not the kind of horse, like Justify, I knew he was a sex. I was never concerned about him. Right. This horse is, I have I have a few more questions just because I'm not sure, is he going to be fast enough to get to the first turn in the top four? If he is, then you really like him. So when you're watching Tava, that's, that's the key moment in the race because he's got the talent to win the race. I mean, he's that talented. Uh, but, yeah, the two races is, is concerning uh, for sure. Uh, give me a couple of horses that, got, that, ha- that you think, in terms of the post position and the speed that can be in that top four or five at the first turn that now can turn in a race. Right. I think I don't think they have any other way to go with Classic Causeway to 17. I don't think he can win, but I think he can irritate people. Right. I think he probably <laughs> yeah. will. Um, I think Epicenter, I actually like his draw with the three. He's actually the horse I like in a race. Right. I thought that um, I like the inside draw because I think it forces the jockey to be aggressive, which is what I want him to do. Yeah. So I'm hoping he gets into the first turn. Look, a perfect scenario, he comes out of the first turn in front. Yeah. Uh, but if he's not in front, be within a length or two, get in a good position, you know, do like a California Chrome, a Smarty Jones, get that uh, justified, get that good stalking position. So, yeah, I think I, I actually like the draw. There were people saying, ah, he's too far inside, he'll get squeezes. And not. The jockey's just got to go now. So just go. Don't ask questions. Just go for it. And that's Joel Rosario who will be on board, 100%. right? Yeah. Yep, that is 100% Joel. Uh, he is he is the uh, reigning Eclipse Award champion uh, for T1. Just had a ridiculously good year last year. And this horse has run a lot, uh, Epicenter. I mean, this horse has turned in uh, yeah, four firsts, a second, uh, won the Louisiana Derby. So, I mean, this, you know, but also hasn't run in a while either. It right? runs until Correct. twice March. Yeah, he's the most experienced horse of the bunch. Yeah. So, I, I think that's the kind of horse that historically has won the Derby. Now, it's kind of changed recently with less racing. Right. But he's been perfectly prepared. Uh, look, Steve Asmussen is the all time leading yeah. trainer in history of the sport. He's closing up 10,000 He said, Four horses of the year. He's won Breeders' Cubs. He's won the Preakness a couple of times. He had Pearl and Rachel Alexander, Gunrunner. Yeah. I mean, great, great horses. He's over 23 in the dirt. It's just a bizarre stat. It's crazy. He's going. Hang on one second. 
He's going to win the race. Yeah. And I think this is his best chance. Even though he brought Curl in here and Gunrunner, they, they just weren't quite ready. Right. This horse has much more experience, and and he knows how to win big races. And, and it's interesting, of the 23 horses, 15 of them were 20 to 1 shots. Yeah. So it's not like he's bringing like 8 to 5 shots that are getting beat. He's never had the favorite of the Derby. Right. Ever. Well, the other one, Mo Donegal won the wood. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on that horse at ten to one? That's a Pletcher horse. You, Steve, I missed you one second. Say Mo Donegal. Yeah, Mo Donegal, the Pletcher horse, right. uh, won the wood. Yep. So the issue with him is just running style. Yeah, uh, I don't have a problem with the one post. They now have that twenty horse starting gate. So that's less of an issue than it used to be. But I don't like closers in this race because you got to pass yeah. all of these horses. It's a lot of traffic. I, yeah, I just think. Look, could he win? Sure. Yeah. But the race kind of needs to fall apart. And since they've gone to this new point system, this is the tenth year. It's been much more of a normally run race. You don't have these crazy horses running nutty fractions out front. Right. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and so, yeah, but the closers have been nowhere. And that's this, the last eight derbies after a quarter mile, meaning the finish line the first time. The winner was third, third, second, 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 first, first, first. Right. So the point being, you want to be in the vicinity. And the biggest thing that does is take you away from any potential traffic problems. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you for two plays here. I'm going to ask you about the Derby play, but I also want to ask you about the Kentucky Oaks play because the Oaks okay. is always, the Oaks is always one that I think over time has become more and more popular for people to be there, play it, and so forth. So what about the Oaks? What's your play there? So yeah, I'm I'm like a nest, the Todd Fletcher horse. I, yeah. I just thought her last race was just awesome. It's like you know she's peaking at the right time. Good field, the secret oath. Wayne Lucas ran third against the boys in the Arkansas Derby. Echo Zulu undefeated zero, Philly champion. Another undefeated Philly Kathleen O, uh, trained by Show McGay. Really good field. Yeah. Team. I mean, really good. But I thought of all of them, the horse is probably sitting on the best race at the moment is that. All right, so now what's the Derby play on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to – epicenter, I'm going to frame all my plays around him. Right. Uh, try uh, exact is – I don't think I'm going to play the Superfecta. I only play the Superfecta when I isolate the winner. I don't feel like I have, like, a California Chrome or a Justify this year where I, I'm 100% certain we're just going to win. So I'll, I'll probably see um, – Epicenter first, second, and even third if I end up getting it trifectas. But probably mostly first and second and exactas. Yeah. With three or four different horses, just depending on what the prices are, what the circumstances are. I watched the earlier races on Saturday, uh, so something like that. All right. Okay. Um, the two things I know you won't do: you won't get a Mitchell, nor will you, nor will you buy a hat. So. <laughs> I know you won't do either one. That is correct on both counts. <laughs> did you bring Joe Girardi with you? I did not. Uh, he, he did not make the trip. He came in 2010. I think that was sufficient for him. He's done. Yeah, my, he's seen the Derby. He's good to go. My friend, <laughs> always a pleasure. You are the best. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Hey, buddy. All right. All right. Dick Girardi joining us from Churchill Downs in Louisville. The Lou Catrillo College Fund wagers. No? 
That's one of the most affectionate smooches of all time. <laughs> uh, you know, it's instead you put all your money into tech stocks. Like, how's that going today? Bingo! <laughs> you can either go with horses in a twenty-horse field or tech stocks. What's your call? I'll probably stick with the horses for right now, the way things are going in uh, on Wall Street. You want to know why it's happening? Seriously. A lot of bitter people. You can't be so bitter, Matt. All right, so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I have no idea why it's happening. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Another tough day for Matt. You can't brag about the Yankee winning streak. That's gone. Still have won 11 of the last 12. It's okay. Um, they uh, lost one in a row. And uh, which part am I not being factual about? Did I, did I lie there? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> uh, hey, I root for a team that has no bottom of the order. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine hitters for the Red Sox. Oh, brutal! And not only that, a hallmark for the Red Sox and the Yankees as well. They've had the ability over the years to get walks. They've had 14 walks offensively in 17 games. Are you kidding me? Not going to win eight games doing that. Ridiculous. So, there you go. Meanwhile, the Sixers, we're waiting for white smoke to see if Joel Embiid will play. That's very accurate. Well, when he does play, he's going to have to play with a mask. He's done that before, so it's not. And if I'm the officials, if he does play, I'm watching closely to make sure people don't get close to that mask. How about that? They better be because the officiating overall in the playoffs has been as good as the Sixers' three-point shooting. Yeah, I talked to the officials, several of them. They all speak highly of you. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they think you're great. 